I really didn't gain structure until I went and got a real job. When I say real job, the job that really gave me structure was 7-Eleven. I mm. went there. I saw all their systems. I was like, damn, they have this. So they will tell you what to do on the hour, by the hour, and how to do it and what to check off. Mm-hmm. And I learned that before I started my, uh, my cell phone business, and I took that. And I followed, I implemented that to my business. So give credit to 7-Eleven. They had a real system. Nice. You work from this, you clean the grill, you clean back. Everything was charted. It was it was time stamped and tracked. And I learned that. I still apply some of these principles now in my own business. Man, it's- you are now listening to the Your First Steps podcast. It's great to talk about million dollar dreams, but where do we start? How do we get there? Listen up as you hear directly from real estate industry leaders on how they reach success in their fields. And most importantly, what were their first steps? Let's get this party started. Here's your host, Eli, the real estate guy. All right. Hey, how's it going, guys? Thank you all so much for tuning in to another episode of the Your First Steps podcast. I'm super excited to have uh, our guest today. Um, when you're talking about uh, someone that's a flipper, landlord, tax professional, entrepreneur, father, husband, and man of God, uh, we have Mr. Gene Grant. Gene, how you doing today, man? I'm doing good, man. Thank you for inviting me, man. I know we've been connecting for a while. Uh, it's an honor and a privilege. Man. Thank you, brother. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely, man. So for the few people that may not know who you are, kind of uh, give a, a description of which, uh, who you are and what you do and uh, what you're all about. All right. Uh, my name is Gene Garan. I'm an investor in the Florida market. I, my license, uh, realtor, I have to disclose that. Uh, I invest in properties. I flip them. But most of all, I'm a father first uh, entrepreneur, um, well, father, husband first entrepreneur. And just to give you a little bit about myself, I immigrated here from Haiti. Our parents came here. Uh, we kind of had to do everything for ourselves. So we weren't very wealthy or well off. Um, some might say, but got into the United States, came here and got a degree. I went to school, decided that degree wasn't going to help me get where, where I want to go. Ended up um, starting businesses since I was young. I always had a, a an act for it, just love businesses. So I started my first business in middle school. Um, that led to fast forward here. Been in real estate for seven years, uh, flipping houses, a uh, few rental properties. Uh, just got into Airbnb about a year ago. Have a property that we're currently working out all the kinks um and also now I'm just developing property so now we're buying land and doing building uh thanks to one of my mentors and people i've been surrounding myself with so i'm very interested in the space that i'm in um my brand and company is real estate full circle which houses all the umbrellas of all my companies i would like to say i like to make things full circle or bring the picture to light um, whatever you're trying to do so I try to make a full circle, whether you're buying a house, uh, whether you're buying investment property, whether you're trying to flip your first property, your second property, how do we make it full circle for you over time? As I'm doing that, I'm helping others do it at the same time. So gotcha. that's what it is. Gotcha. Gotcha. I love it, man. Th- thank you for that intro. And uh, so uh, just to kind of let people know how we met. So uh, I know I-, I met Gene in, was that 07 or 08 uh, when we had Valencia? Bro, it had to be. It had to be. It had to be oh nine. Oh nine. Okay. Okay. Gotcha. Yeah. 09, so, 09. so around oh nine, uh, we had a accounting class together. I remember, and we actually ended up being in the same uh, church, uh, and yeah. so we would kind of like see each other from a distance. But you know, years later, 
Uh, we both both being in real estate, uh, we uh, reconnected um, through social media and on Clubhouse and all that stuff. And uh, yeah. by just uh, seeing what each other's doing and just kind of you know playing off of each other, me watching all the great things that you're doing. Uh, it's very uh, inspiring for the direction that uh, I would like to uh, to go in. Um, but you know, I I knew that I wanted to have you on here at some point. But I'm glad that you're <laughs> you're uh, you're finally able to uh, to come on. So you spoke about a lot of the businesses that you're doing now, the developing mm -hmm. the uh, the flips and everything. But uh, before we get to that, let's go back to your childhood and what was it like growing up uh, in the uh, in your household and uh, just overall your your upbringing. What was that like for you? Uh, my overall upbringing um, in Haiti, um, we started off not really, not to get you to the beginning, we started off not having too much money. But my father was a businessman himself, and I have to give him credit. He's always been a businessman. He's always had his own business. Even if he had a job working for someone else, he's always had his business. So I attribute my, a lot of my business sense to him and my grandfather who had his own business. My mom had her own business in Haiti. So they always tried to uh, show me the show me the way or instill certain uh, traits in me of business. So I've always been around it. Uh, I just didn't really catch it till I got older. I was like, oh, my mom did this. Oh, my dad did this. Mm -hmm. But my dad's been in real estate in Haiti. Uh, he knew what he was doing. He was making money in Haiti. Eventually got us to come to this country uh, and then took care of us. So I've been exposed to real estate. I've been exposed to entrepreneurship. I've been exposed to some form of leadership in the business realm. So we came here. Everything started fresh again. So we were like broke. <laughs> like, How old were you when you got here? Uh, at least six or seven. Gotcha, um, gotcha. Yeah. I, I believe seven. Um, but here, here's a quick thing. I learned how to speak English by watching Barney. Mm, nice. No, it's, it's crazy that, that you say that. There's uh, I forgot who... Garcelle, uh, Garcelle Bovey, she said that she used to watch Sesame Street uh, to learn bro, how to I speak. Bro, I watch all these. <laughs> That's bro, I watch Barty. I watch Big Bird. Uh, all these things helped me how to, uh, help me learn how to speak English because nice. I was in ESOL classes, man. Right, um, right. When I first got here, I was in ESOL. Right, right. So, so for me, I was like, oh, man, this helped me. Uh, and started uh, getting here family we know we we're trying to figure things out we were in uh north we were in new jersey for a while i was in new york then new jersey then from new jersey to florida uh it was a few of us living in the basement bro it was at least two three families living in one basement because wow. we all immigrated here we had uh, absolutely nothing and we came from having a little something in haiti to not having that much here so we always trying to figure it out then everybody branched off uh, we came to florida we came to orlando my mom got a job she started working um uh, getting everything together. She finally bought a house years later. Um, I think that was like a, a eye opener that my mom, who was a, you know, a, a housekeeper at Marriott, um, bought a house on, mm -hmm. on her salary. And I was trying to figure out how was she able to obtain that? And as I got older, I was like, she didn't treat herself. She never got her hair done. She never went and got her nails done. She did all these things on her own. And she she didn't buy a car um, cash. She bought everything. She didn't buy. She didn't go finance a car. She bought a used car cash. Mm -hmm. All these things she did prepared me, and I saw that I was like, "This woman gave up a lot to get with to where she's at." But now I'm older, I realize that. But that's really like the backstory. My dad building houses in Haiti, flipping things. So I've always saw things get flipped. So gotcha, gotcha. and kind of got into that. Now I've been in Florida for. God knows how long. I don't know how long I've been right. here. I've gotcha. been here at least 15 years, I would say, or more. Gotcha. Uh, gotcha. 
but that's yeah. kind of it, man. So, so that's how I was uh, growing up. So, uh, so I'm assuming you got that. So you got your exposure from your parents doing real estate. Uh, and something that I've been realizing as I do these different podcasts, and I always start off with that question of what was your childhood like? Every person I spoke to, it uh, ends up being uh, a huge influence. Their parents are a huge influence on what they end up becoming. Uh, and it's either they do pretty much exactly what their parents are doing or some degree of it, or uh, there is a hard opposite. Of, okay, they did that. I don't want to do that. So let me make sure I yeah. do an opposite of that. So it just kind of goes to, to really express the importance of uh, the influence parents have on the children and how you may not think that they're paying attention, but they are. And I talk about yeah, all the are. time how, you know, my parents, they did real estate in Haiti and they didn't, you know, they, they might not have known I was paying attention or whatever it was. But my, since I was a kid, five, six years old. I would look at my dad uh, building new multifamily stuff. I'm like, okay, well, obviously this is what I'm going to be doing. But I, I mean, I thought I was also going to play basketball and be an NBA and all that crap, but that, that didn't happen. Uh, but I was like, well, I'm going to take my NBA money and I'm going to invest in real estate. So it's, it's interesting that that influence uh, was, yep. was uh, brought on to you. So um, is that something that you're working on instilling in your kids uh, to be in real estate as well, or or who would you say is the uh, the the entrepreneur uh, of your kids? Man, it's uh actually not a really tough question. Um, I think I'm just instead of my kids on how to invest in general. It may not be real estate. It may be uh, NFTs. It may be whatever they're they're trying to figure out in their generation. Mm-hmm. Um, I just I'm just trying to instill the investment mindset of if you have earned income make sure your earned income is working for you. So that way, while you're earning income, your money's earning income. And when you put that together, you buying back your time. I love it. So that's what I, that's what I'm trying to instill in them. I don't necessarily think they're going to follow my path. Um, I think one might, which is my youngest daughter. Mm-hmm. Um, and she stuck to me like, <laughs> like glue. Mm-hmm. My oldest, she's 18. She's already gone to the nursing field, uh, the medical field. Mm-hmm. So my son, I don't know where he's going to have a grip. Uh, I don't know where his grip is at right now, gotcha, gotcha. but um, I think my youngest daughter might follow my footsteps, uh, but I'm hoping she does. But if she doesn't, I'm perfectly okay with that. I'm building uh, this wealth and legacy, as most people say, for them just so they can have freedom. I don't want my kids to be stuck mm-hmm. in a job. I want them to have the power to say, screw your job, because my father left something where I can pay my mortgage, I can pay my car note. Uh, and I can bounce back from your job and go find something else that I'm passionate about or will treat me better. So that's what I'm really working towards to leave, to leave for them. So when I get older, they can do whatever they want. Um, as I'm doing now, um, that's, what, that's what I'm really working towards. Gotcha. So when you say buy back uh, your time, so what, what does that mean to you and why is that so important to you? Honestly, bro, I'm here doing this podcast with you. Um, I have to have some type of leisure or time slots that i can allocate to certain things mm-hmm. um like i spend a lot of time with my kids i go to their games uh, i go to their events i go to field trips uh, i take an hour out of my day go have lunch with them sit with them at the school mm-hmm. uh, my family's well known at the school they attend we're always present these are the things i mean by buy, buy back my time mm-hmm. um, we can go on vacation for two weeks and it don't really affect us so for me these are the things that my kids are going to remember as they get older. And 
those are the values I want them to have. So I don't want them to go work 90 hours a week and have no family life. I'm not trying to instill that in my kids. I so I want them to see how I'm raising them so that way they can make an excuse. Um, they're exposed to this level of lifestyle now. Like, daddy's always here. So how do I be present for my kids or family as I get older? Right. I love it. I love it. So um, so you spoke about your childhood and how you had uh, your first business when you were in middle school. So what was yeah. that middle school business? Bro, I was selling candy in middle school. Uh, I, I used to go to a dollar store. <laughs> Uh, so I've been flipping before I was flipping houses. Mm-hmm. So I was flipping candy. Uh, I would go to the dollar store. They had these 10 packs, uh, these bundles of Butterfingers, Snickers, Twix, Kit Kats. They had 10 in it. They would sell it for a dollar. I would then in turn uh, go sell that in school, in middle school, and sell it for 25 cents. So the first four, I made my money back. The last nice. six, I made profit. Nice. So I would typically sell three to four dollars of candy per customer because most people had a dollar or two at school and they would buy four to five pieces of candy um, to munch on throughout the day. So my average transaction was about one to two dollars. So if I sold to 20 kids, I made forty dollars. So it only cost me, you know, so I was making 30, 40, 50 dollars a day in school nice. selling candy. So that That's really good money in middle school. <laughs> oh, yeah, it's great money. Um, right. I was a kid buying everybody lunch because I was making money in middle school. Nice. <laughs> nice. You was that guy. He's like, don't worry about it. I got this whole lot. <laughs> Not the whole thing, but a portion. <laughs> gotcha. Gotcha. Cool. So uh, now going into uh, the different jobs that you had. Uh, so did you do like the usual, you know, I know my first job was at the movie theater and then I worked at, you know, Starbucks and all that. What, what was that, that like for your, did you always have like uh, your own business that you're doing? So I've, I, had a, I always had my own business. Uh, to answer your question, my first actual job, when I think about it, I used to say it was like working at a cell phone store, but it wasn't. I used to work for these guys at a barbecue company, um, Barbecue Pit. And I was the guy, I was like 14 or 13. I was like, I went to them. I was like, hey, can I have a job? What can I do to help you? Mm-hmm. Uh, they was like, well, they gave me the worst job possible, the one that was cleaning the meat. And I hated it. Uh <laughs> I was there cleaning, removing the little membrane off the ribs, yeah. gutting out the chicken, removing that, uh, prepping it so they can go season it. They were doing the easy job, and the hard job. Mm-hmm. They would pay me like 5 or $6. They wouldn't really pay me anything yeah. but per hour. So I did that for like maybe two or three months. And then I saw somebody else uh, who had a cell phone business. And I was like, yo, I could sell. I've been selling. I, I've been selling since I know how to sell. Right. I told him. So here's a kicker. I was like, hey, man, let me work for you for a week. If I can't sell or bring you any value, you can fire me. You don't have to pay me anything. I uh, and I realized that not knowing that to this day, I was like, I told this guy I worked for free. That was so stupid. But I, I knew, bro, I'm a good, like, I'm good at what I do. Mm-hmm. Anything that I want to do, I, I, I apply myself and I do it. So he allowed the opportunity. You know, I had all my friends from the neighborhood because I was well known since mm-hmm. like middle school. Everybody knew me in the neighborhood. Mm-hmm. Everyone knew me. I was like, hey, man, come by, come to the cell phone store, come learn. I worked for him. Uh, he was paying me the table for a little while. I ain't gonna say his name, but uh, <laughs> uh, gotcha. but then I was like, I, I always wanted to work, man. So he hired me, and then I learned it. Then I eventually opened my own. Uh, it's funny. The person that hired me gave me the opportunity, trying to block me from opening my own. And I learned everything and went open up my own business. So and then I opened was, my own cell phone. How did so. he try to to block you? I approached him. I was like, Hey, man, uh, 
I want to open my own business. I want to open my own cell phone store. Will you help me? And he was like, no. Oh, okay. <laughs> He's like, you want gotcha. it, you got to do it. Gotcha. You like, got to do your own. Wow. But what he failed okay. to realize was this. I was, I was the head of the operation of the business. I knew all the contacts. Everybody liked me. Mm-hmm. I knew how to make ringtone. I knew how to sell. I had charisma. I looked good. So all the women liked me. So that kind of helped in my favor, mm-hmm. you know. My wife, you know, I'm married now, so right. someone it's all good. But, uh, <laughs> however, <Yeah. laughs> I, I I knew a lot of people. I mm. always developed relationships. I always connected with people. Mm. So I was like, all right, I went and did my own. Um, went and did my own. I got an investor. Uh, my mom um, helped me invest in that in that business. Actually, my mom helped me invest in the second one, but I got an investor in the first one. Uh, went ahead and did it. Uh, the investor tried to choke me out. I went. I went on my honeymoon. Mm-hmm. I started my own cell phone business. It was profitable for you know, just to make my pay myself a good amount of uh, income. And then as I went on my honeymoon on my on my wedding, the investor tried to choke me out the business by trying to take control of it to pay themselves more. And mm-hmm. I was always keen on this: whenever you work alongside people, you need to pay them. So my cell phone store was doing good because I was paying people more than what they're worth. At that age, uh, the minimum wage was like seven twenty-five. Mm-hmm. My staff has been paid nine dollars an hour. Mm-hmm. So they try to choke out the business. I was like, "All right, cool." I went in. I was like, "All right, I'll leave it to you." They they ran the business down. Went opened up my own second location by myself. Mm-hmm. Uh, my mom was my investor that first one. That um, rest for soul, uh, and it took off. Uh, took off for a few years, and then try to figure that out. Trying to grow that out. A few things, but. Uh, it's kind of the back back story. Gotcha. So is that uh, so? Before you got into real estate full time or tax, uh, you know, full time, is that the last uh, other business that you did, or did you do other businesses nah. in there? Well, I had other businesses uh, like that was, that was flipping stuff, flipping handbags, that type of stuff, uh, flipping my money. Somebody might say, "Hey, I need to borrow this." I'm like, all right, cool. I'll give you this. Let me get this back in return. Uh, just that type of stuff. But it wasn't like no structure type thing. Mm-hmm. It was always just. Flipping. There was no real structure. In the beginning, there was no real structure. Mm-hmm. I really didn't gain structure until I went and got a real job. When I say real job, the job that really gave me structure was 7 Eleven. I mm. went there, I saw all their systems. I was like, damn, they have this. Oh, they would tell you what to do on the hour, by the hour, and how to do it and what to check off. Mm-hmm. And I learned that before I started my um, my cell phone business, and I took that. And I followed, I implemented that to my business. So give credit to 7 Eleven. They had a real system. Very nice. You work from this, you clean the grill, you clean back. Everything was charted. It was it was time stamped and tracked. And I learned that. I still apply some of these principles now in my own business. Man, it's it's very interesting that you said that I was uh the last po- the last podcast that uh, was just released was with um uh James uh Lewis. Uh he's, he was talking about no, it wasn't James, the one before that. So James is who I'm talking about. Uh so okay. he uh is a business consultant uh, and he helps people develop uh, systems for their business and things like that. And he worked for Home Depot uh, and he also worked for CarMax and he was explaining how uh, it's extremely, uh, it's a blessing to be able to work for these fortune, you know, 50 companies that will show you the structure because they're obviously a successful business, but people look at those as, Oh, I don't want to work for this company. I'd rather work for, you know, some finance company or Charles Schwab or whatever, but it's like, understand that these are multi-billion dollar companies they have a structure they have certain disciplines and their system is so tight that if you just go in there thinking about oh i'm trying to make eight dollars an hour then you're going to completely miss the point 
But if you go yep. in there and just analyze, like, okay, I see the systems, like you said, I got to do this on the hour. I got to do this. This is how you work your schedules. This is how you work on hours. It's like, like you, if you observe the system, then you go out into the world or into entrepreneurship uh, ahead because you're like in the belly of the beast learning how things actually work. And then mm-hmm. now when you're an outside, you're not starting from zero. You're starting from experience from a multi-billion dollar company. Yeah, mm-hmm. which is true. Uh, a lot of things you learn from that. Uh, you know, for me, I worked there for maybe two, three months. I would say three months and I quit. I couldn't do it anymore. Uh, there's gotcha. something in me that just don't, I don't, I don't like people telling me like what to do mm-hmm. and how much you're going to pay me. I don't like a limit on my pay. So gotcha. when they kept telling you what to, like when to show up, I was like, nah, I don't want to do that. Gotcha. So I gotcha. just went back into my own business, mm-hmm. but I learned a lot from them. Um, and since then I've always, you know, like lean on other people who have businesses to see what they do and how I can add it to my business. Gotcha. Absolutely. So uh, when it came to you being in real estate now, uh, what was that transition uh, to bring you back to, to real estate? And was it like a little nod of uh, from your parents and like it was always at the back of your mind uh, or what what brought you to that? Uh, man, it's a good question, man. Honestly, uh, I, I always answer this and Honestly, it was just me investing. Uh, I made a, an investment. I, I loaned somebody $20,000. They brought me back $25,000 uh, and a short span. And I was just like, well, how the hell did you bring me back $25,000 in a short span? Um, They're like, oh, it was real estate. I was like, what? And everything aligned. At that moment in time, my cell phone business wasn't doing that well. It was doing okay. It was doing, it was doing, it was doing okay. And there were changes that were happening in that business that were going to eventually force me out or force me to grow and do double work for the same amount of money. Mm-hmm. So when that opportunity presented itself, I started working around real estate. I, was like, I started hanging around everybody who was in real estate. I hung around Sam Abraham. I hung around his cousin. I hung around a guy, another guy named Gene who was doing real estate. I just started being around everybody in real estate. Mm-hmm. And I was like, well, if I'm going to do this, I'm doing some odd stuff for free just to learn. And a lot of people don't, don't you know, talk about this, but I did a lot of stuff for people for free. Uh, I even lent them money just to learn in the project. Yeah. And I did that, and I was like, well, I can do this myself. So as I'm learning with these people, uh, I'm like, all right, I learned this, bought this house. Okay, so I bought this house, and I already knew how to kind of do things around. Uh, so I was like, all right, I bought this house. All right, I'm flip it. With guidance and people helped me. I flipped the house, um, flipped the house, and it worked out. Um, I didn't really lose, <laughs> but it worked out. And that's how I really got into real estate, by that one introduction of investing $20,000. Gotcha, gotcha. Okay. And so so that that was that spark that, okay, you made yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Gotcha, gotcha. Okay, good. Uh, bro, you make $5,000 that quick. Or like, And I didn't have to do anything. I was yeah. like, really? Gotcha. So like, Yeah, sign me up. Got, so that, that kind of goes into uh, would you – I uh, have rather started a, I guess, like a hard money uh, company instead of going into the real estate yourself. Is that something that you would want to do instead? Well, I have a hard money company now. I, I didn't mention it earlier, but I do hard money for like students or people who need it when they're in their projects. Mm-hmm. Um, and to be honest with you, maybe yes, but no, because now because I do hard money, I know if I lend you money and or I I broke it. And you can't finish the project because I have the flip experience. I can step in 
and rescue you from having a debt in your your whole situation mm-hmm. from the lender, from the you know people that sold you the property, and kind of save you from not having that bad look. I just step in and say, hey, you're about to fumble this. I know how to flip a house already. Maybe it's your first or second time flipping a house. And I see you're about to lose. I'll step in, help you, fix it, get you to win. I, you know, I make money out of it, of course. Mm-hmm. But then you don't really lose. But if I had never done that, if I never flipped the house and I just did the money, I won't have that experience. But I, I have a whole, I have a whole team I can call on at any given moment to go work on the house for me. Whether it's here in Orlando, Ortala, South Florida, Tampa, doesn't matter. I call them up. I have relationships. Hey, I need you to go here. Boom, dispatch. You're over here working on the house for me. I know you trust you. Finish the house. But it, always, it wasn't always like that, though. I make it sound like that, but it wasn't always like that. But so, so what's the, the benefit of uh, – so for the people that's listening uh, that may not know what hard money is, what's the benefit of using hard money? Uh, and what would you say is uh, you know one of the benefits of uh, using your company to um, use hard money with you? So I essentially I – will, I will either lend my own money or I would do a JV. Because what happens is most people, uh, they, when they want to flip a house, they don't have all the money. Mm-hmm. They need something called a gap funder, which is someone that comes in and bridges the gap between you and the hard money because you don't actually have all the money. Or you can go like what you did, you go get a loan, um, which is still the same thing. Because mm-hmm. if I'm JVing or lending you the money, it's still the same concept. Mm-hmm. So I bridge that gap for you. Not only do I bridge the gap, I bring my experience with it which gives you more credibility when you apply to get the hard money. Mm-hmm. Now you have my experience, my capital, plus whatever you have. Now we per- make the perfect marriage, make it full circle. There you go. There you make go. Make it full circle. Awesome. Now you get the money, you get the experience, and you get me to coach you. There you go. So now okay. it's a win-win. Right. So hard money is essentially you borrowed money, you leveraged it. Um, either you found the deal, but you didn't have the money, but you found it. So now you're leveraging all these other components to, to, to get to the deal, to flip it, because you found it. I mean, the biggest thing is to find the deal. Once you find it, the rest, if you connect with the right people, the right dots will come in place. Everything will come back full circle for you. Mm-hmm. Just got to connect the dots. Gotcha. So I provide the access for that, and it makes it easier. And because I pay my hard money lenders, they're more likely to give me money before they give it to you because you don't have the credibility with them. Gotcha. So... If somebody wanted to be in, in contact with you or with your hard money company, uh, where would they go uh, to, to get that information? They'll reach out to me directly on social media. Uh, they'll either call me or they'll DM me. There's links on all my profiles, mm-hmm. even on my YouTube, everything that I have. They can definitely reach out. I have a whole team that helps out with that and get those things connected. Gotcha. And I know you'll uh, send me the link uh, later, but uh, we'll just put it at the bottom of the screen here so people yeah. can see it and also in that uh, description um, so that they can uh, go ahead and click on that and have access to that because that's because hard money and uh, just having that that gap uh, you know funding that's that's huge when it comes to uh, a transaction I know yeah. uh, for uh, my wife and I when it came to uh, getting this uh, our first deal the one that uh, you did a video on uh, that uh, it was huge to get that personal loan and then be able to partner that with the hard money so that way we could essentially get started without using our own funds. And that's right. one of the, the disconnects that I had at the beginning. And that's what I got from uh, Otis, uh, Otis James mentorship was how, you know, you can be uh, an investor is just a matter of where you are, what tools you have, uh, and, you know, whether you have, you know, a little bit of money, but you have good credit, 
uh, or you have a lot of money, but you don't have good credit or you're a hustler and you can find deals and you just want to partner with somebody to get like whatever it is, you have something that you can leverage in order to get yourself uh, to, to that deal and make something happen for you. Whether you have to start off as a wholesaler or flipper, landlord, whatever it is, yep. you have something uh, that, that could work out for you. Um, but going into uh, the other real estate aspects, so I know you uh, do flips, but you also are doing uh, new construction and development. So that is something I would love to get into eventually. So kind of explain what brought you to that world of new construction and development and, and uh, just explain that process. Oh, so I've been hanging around people that has been in the space. So this is why I always say it's good to network. I've been hanging around people that were already flipping houses already and they're, they were transitioning. So I was like, well, while you guys are transitioning, it was like, I can't find a flips out here. I can't make 10, $20,000 on a flip. They're like this, the time and the money put in doesn't make sense for them. So they're like, we're going to develop. And I was like, all right. So I watched them do one or two. Then I jumped in on the third one. I was like, all right, mm-hmm. <laughs> let's put the money together. Let me jump in. And I just started helping them because I had that construction background in the team. So I started putting things together. So I had my guys install cabinets. I had my guys install granite. I had my guys paint on this new construction project. So they saw that, you know, I brought some of the value to the table. So I was like, all right, cool. And then we did one together. And then that one, I was like, okay, well, this is profitable. Mm-hmm. I was like, all right. So I can't find deals. Wholesalers, you know, I know you do wholesale. Wholesalers are not bringing me deals that make sense. Mm-hmm. They're just a whole bunch of baloney. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I'll, I'll run the numbers. It makes absolutely no sense. Right. I was right. like, by the time I pay my hard money, I pay realtor. I, I'm stuck with ten thousand dollars. I was like ten thousand dollars for five six months of work exactly. is basically working at a minimum wage job. Exactly. It's like I'm not right. doing it. Right. <laughs> so I was like, all right, if I can't find a flip, I need an alternative. So develop. So now I develop one, made sense. Develop another one, in the process now made sense. And then while I was in the second one, I was like, well, why not do four or five or ten? So I collabed with one of my business partners. Now we're building out ten houses. Nice. We're starting out with our first four, uh, which is in planning phase now, and then we're going to spiral that into ten uh, because we got to make sure we're you know leveraging our capital mm-hmm. <laughs> wisely. So we're stuck to doing four right now, and then from that four completes, or as one gets sold, we're doing the other one and keep adding on. So gotcha. eventually, we'd probably do like a big development of a fifty or hundred awesome. home. So is this all in one area uh, that you're doing this? Uh, right now, I'm yeah. in the Ocala, the Gainesville area, building mm-hmm. out. Um, I've just purchased land in Lakeland. So I'm just buying lots to hold on to them. That's what mm-hmm. I'm ready. Gotcha. Okay. So with that, are you financing those or are you just paying for the lots cash? I'm buying a lots cash. Gotcha. So is there, so I know there's, so you're doing a lot of it uh, in Ocala. Is. Are you looking for certain aspects as far as like the surroundings, like has to have a Chick-fil-A, a Starbucks, like within X amount of time? Like, what, what are you looking at for that? Uh, honestly, I go where the builders at. So before I go to any territory, I want to see where the builds are at. Uh, builders, wherever there's builders, there's going to be growth. Um, so the area I'm at, there's a lot of um, small builders already building. Um, I'm just riding their coattail. Um, wherever they're at, I just follow along. In these areas, I'm seeing houses getting priced up, 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 and up. Mm-hmm. So they started at they're they're setting the comps for me. So one sold for two thirty, the second one sold for two fifty. So as they're building, I'm just riding their coattail for the next one. Mm-hmm. So I'm just putting my house in the middle. I'm watching what they're doing, adding a few things. Like for example, one builder 
built a one-car garage. I'm building a two-car garage. Yes, some say it might not be advantageous to me, but it makes sense because I think a two-car garage is going to change the model and change the play. So I took a gamble on that. Uh, so I'm building a two-car garage. I'm putting cabinets in the washroom. I'm making sure that my house is not too wide where in that you know area, most people have a trailer or they have a, a RV or a jet ski or a boat. I'm making sure that I have enough space for them to park their cars and bring everything into the back. Mm. So I'm changing it as I'm going and I'm watching them make these errors, which they're not paying attention to because they're moving so fast and they're selling. But what I want to do is I want to just build the house and say, hey, you have so many options. If you have to choose between their house and my house, my house is going to be sold first. I love it. I love it. So are you working with uh, designers uh, of this the construction to implement these different ideas or are you looking at already made models and saying this fits more of the criteria that we're looking to do so i'm worked with the engineer to build out my plan my floor plan i'm building the same house over and over and over because it's easy to build mm -hmm. guys are accustomed to where everything is at so i'm building the same model on every house with the exception of the last two or three mm -hmm. which i'm going to change out because i want to test uh, something out because i've seen the market change so I'm building the same house over and over. So I hired a designer, draw the blueprints, paid them for it. Um, and then I hired a GC uh, to kind of help facilitate everything. Uh, I'm just more so doing the project management. I'm managing the GC of what they're kind of doing, managing the designer if they got to make any changes. I'm just immersing myself into all of it. So I can learn it as much as possible. I love it. And where I can help, I come in and help. Gosh, listen, I'm going to have to make another trip out to Orlando for this specifically to see what in the world is, is going on with that. Because that's that's something that I was always uh, fascinated uh, in. But it was one of those things to where it's like, oh, well, one day I'll get to it. Just like with um, it, it don't have to be one day, man. It could be tomorrow. Uh, mm -hmm. Honestly, I thought the same thing. It's not one day I got into it. I saw it just dove in. Gotcha. Gotcha. I, I was like, all right. So I, I just, I, you know. Like I'm wearing a shirt that says no risk, no back. I always take risk. I've been taking risks all my life. There you go. I love it. I love it, man. So uh, going into, uh, so talking about uh, uh, doing risks and, and having, uh, you know, doing things differently. Um, I remember you did a property tour. Uh, this was some months back and uh, you took people to different projects that you were working on. Um, I thought it was a great uh, concept. So kind of explain what, spark that idea and what was that tour like uh, when you did your property tour okay so i always had the idea my, my my team would tell you so i wrote this down a while back ago and i just didn't know how to go about doing it i want to give you guys some backstory and a, a realtor friend of mine um, who kind of invests i did a deal with them they went to a patrick bet david conference right so i went there i gotta give you guys some really i went there I was like, man, I've been listening to Patrick Bay Dave all this, all this time. I was like, I never went to a conference. So I paid. So I paid to go there, and I bought the lowest ticket. I just wanted to see what it was. Because I had to travel to Miami, spend time for a hotel. I spent that weekend, I spent at least $1,500, $2,000, just to kind of train myself and educate myself. Mm -hmm. So I went there. I'm sitting, in, I'm sitting in there just listening, observing. I'm seeing how he did this, how he did that, how he did this. And then he's communicating, like, you know, where you got to do. And I just I wrote this thing down of what I wanted to do. And as I'm sitting there, I'm writing down everything. I'm planning out the whole property tour. Mm. This is how I'm going to do it because I'm watching what he's doing. This is what, I, this is what I'm going to charge. This is how I'm going to do the packages. This is the house I'm going to um, bring people to because I already own them. I'm working on them. 
And I was like, I have everything. Why am I not doing it? Bro, I get back from that conference. Mm-hmm. I call my team, my assistant, my admin. Yo, we put this thing together, put it together in one month, boomed it, sold out. <laughs> wow. Wow, man. I, so so explain what, what was that property tour? Because I remember just seeing the footage of it. I remember you talking about it. I'm like, oh, this is going to be amazing. So Bro, it was that ex- explain, it was that yeah, explain what, what, what was going on in that so that they can, uh, so the people can really understand how awesome this was. So I took everybody. So if you bought a platinum package, I, I rented a sprinter. You got to have one-on-one time with me in between properties where we we're talking. Um, my team planned out a brunch, not a brunch. They planned out the dinner. Uh, we went to a property. I gave you, I dissected everything. What to look for. Hey, when you walk to the property, you stand outside. You need to look for the roof, windows, plumbing, electrical wires. See, you can see all these things that are exposed already. You can see the roof. You can see how bad the windows are. I will tell them, hey, how to assess it and what not to spend the money on or what to spend the money on. You can see the plumbing, especially when you go outside on that spout that you use for your hose. If it's an older home, which most of the homes that we're flipping are older homes, you can see what kind of pipe it is. Uh, I say, hey, let's go here. Let's look at this. Let's go and look underneath the sink. Let's see what, what, what kind of um, clogs you may have. Like, for instance, right, you'll know if you're um, septic, if you have septic issues or you have plumbing issues. You go over a countertop of a sink and it's bad, it's backing up, and you put your nose over where the sink hole is at and you smell something, you know you may have a problem. Not everything is going through. Something is sitting there where that smell is coming back. Gotcha, gotcha. So okay. I, was t- I was giving everybody these t- tips and tricks. I laid it out, gave them a blueprint of how to go about it, and they got to come along. They got to network. Uh, it's crazy. From that group, I've done a deal with someone from that. Nice. So, and it, it was it was bro. That thing was I I was so scared to do this, bro. I was yeah. like, man, people are not gonna do it. I was like, I'm put so much money out, and bro, I put some money out. Right, I took right. a gamble on myself. Right. And it worked out. And the response, bro, I was so emotional. I took the day off the next day afterwards because the amount of feedback, uh, the amount of, you know, everyone was like, this was so worth it. Some people were like, you charge too cheap. I was like, that really? Was nice. <laughs> <laughs> and they were like, the value of what they got, bro, I was so thankful. That was the day where I was like, God, thank you. Because mm-hmm. I, be- I, I got comfortable. I believed in myself and I had a team that was just amazing. My team executed, bro. It fell together and everyone loved it. And we all connect after that. So, which is why I took a whole year to do another one. Gotcha. I I want to do another one because, bro, I was drained that whole day. Mm -hmm. And I literally took a day or two off. So, it worked out great. Uh, I'm going to be doing another one. Mm -hmm. And people learn so much. That has just been so good, man. So, I'm going to do it again. I actually have a waiting list on it now. Nice. And that's it, bro. I'm happy for it. Uh, I'm happy I did it. I took, I took that gamble. I took that risk. Gotcha. Uh, I'm making everything full circle. There you go. There you go. I love it. All right. So uh, with this uh, new uh, tour that you're going to be doing, what can the people expect from uh, this tour? And you know, what are some of the things that you're going to be keeping and some of the things that you're adding? Are there surprises? Like, What can they expect with this new tour that you're going to be doing? So if they go to the tour, I generally will partner up and do a deal with them. Um, anyone that goes to the tour, I give them an opportunity to either do a deal and help you through the process of flipping a house. Mm-hmm. So that's one benefit. The next one is I give you a whole list of wholesalers in the area. Um, and I also give you what to look out for. I give you a whole video. 
after you leave it to kind of, because it's a lot, to kind of really unpack everything so you can get it in your head. Um, you have access to my resources, my renovation team, my hard money, um, all these things that you get come along with it. Because naturally, uh, when people do this, I want them to see it. I want you to see, I want to walk you through it to either say, hey, I can do it, or I don't want to do it alone, or I want to do it with a partner, or they just get fired up mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and they go make it happen. There you go. There you go. So, I love it. I love it. Yeah, I know that's one of the, the biggest things. Whenever you're going to these types of events, whether you're going to a, like a property tour, you're going to a conference, or you're going to these different things. So, myself, I'm going to a uh, a private equity uh, fund launch uh, tomorrow. It's like a like a three four day event uh, in Vegas, and so I'm going out there because uh, my wife and I we're going to be doing private equity funds for multifamily properties and syndications, and it's great to read books. It's great to you know take courses or whatever. But then there's something different about going to uh, a place to where there's hundreds or you know a thousand people that's like-minded and they're doing what you're doing and sometimes uh by just having those side conversations and just linking up with somebody you never know if you're gonna work with them five years from now and it and it'll just be that story of oh i remember this person when i met yep. them at this conference and they sparked an idea and now we're doing something together and, and it brings something different so um i definitely say uh you know anybody that so uh, and i know it's going to be in orlando or uh, so, well, where are those those houses going to be at the the ones that you're going to be doing? So that tomorrow? that's to be determined, depending on what I I purchase okay. or what I have in the in the pipeline. Mm -hmm. uh, but they get the information day of. It's going to be in Orlando. Gotcha, sure. gotcha, awesome. So I mean, I would even say if, even if people are out of state, um, I would say just uh, still coming to this uh, event, getting your tickets early because, like you said, there's already a waiting list. So as soon as it's available, please make sure you get a ticket and. Uh, I, you know, I, I'm going to make sure I'm on that waiting list too to come through and look at uh, the different things that you have going on because it's it's important to uh, not only get the book knowledge of it but to actually see someone that's actually doing it. Uh, it uh, is it's it's different because it's you're always going to run into something that the book may not have covered. And by speaking to someone that'll say things like like you just said putting your nose above where you know the thing is and, and smelling and, and that'll determine if there's something that's not uh, properly uh, you know being drained little things like that I don't think a book would take its time to go into like those small details but by you being in a situation like every flip that you do every new construction that you do it's gonna have its own challenges and yes. by somebody being there for so much time, they'll be able to give you those those little things. So, like, what's another thing that you could uh, kind of tell the people that uh, from that may not be like you know usual knowledge that you saw during uh, one of your tours or, or like just like a, a trick of the trade, basically. Honestly, man, uh, you you'd be surprised, right? So during this tour, uh, anyone during this tour, I bumped a house. Um, the house had no AC, so everyone. I, I hid that from everybody. I hid it. Because naturally, when you're buying a house, you think every house comes like your house or how everything's supposed to be. You think every house has a water heater, air conditioning. Uh, you don't know if, the, if it's a septic or if it's a city. So you just uh, you just assume that everything is cool. Mm -hmm. So throughout the whole tour, I was like, hey, guys, there's one thing missing from this house. Can you guys tell me what it is? And I documented it. They couldn't tell me what it was. Mm -hmm. It was like, we can't tell you what it is. 
I was like, walk around the house, come back to me, the whole house, outside, come back to me. Mm. No one figured it out. And I was like, guys, this house has no AC. And I was like, <laughs> wow. Right, I was like, guys, right. they assume it had AC. Mm-hmm. I was like, the guys, there was no ducts that you guys saw, no vents. They saw like a little furnace type thing and they thought it was AC. I was like, guys, there's no AC in this house. Gotcha. Everybody's like, wow. And I was like, but you always look. And a, a key thing for you to figure out if you have septic or AC, mm-hmm. wherever the grass grows the greenest, you're going to find a septic or AC line. Mm-hmm. An AC line drips water every day. That grass around where the AC line is going to be at is going to always be green. There's water there all the time. Right. And wherever there's a big hump or wherever, wherever the grass is greener, you all going to know where the septic is at. Because that's just what it is. It's like gotcha. th- that. That's just what it is. Gotcha. So, I like that. I like that. Uh, and it was like so profound for them. Uh, it was an eye opener. It was like a light bulb moment. Mm-hmm. It snapped. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I was like, all right, this is, these are little things you guys want to look out for because, you know, AC costs you six, seven thousand dollars. Yeah. You're in yeah. budget for that. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's, that's awesome. I, I never, I didn't even know that. that, that uh, see, that, that's what I'm talking about. Just little things like that you would never know unless you're, you're in it for a while and every project you do you're like oh why is this that way oh boom got it now it's locked in knowledge and i'll be able to move that forward so i love it so uh now i know you have a tour that you're uh that you've done and you will be doing uh but also uh a lot of the information that you accumulated over the years of being in the industry you've uh put a lot of this information into an ebook so uh let people know about the ebook uh what can they expect and uh, why do they need to get this book? Honestly, um, if you're if that if they look if they're looking to flip a house, they're looking to even get into real estate. I'm really in the Florida market, and if you're not in the Florida market, there's things I put in there that will help you. For example, I put a cost guide how to break the renovation costs together. Very simple. What to look for. Very math. You just add in one, two, and three, right there. And it tells exactly how to estimate the renovations based on this guy. So I put that together. I put a wholesale list of 50 wholesalers in the state of Florida that you can automatically connect with. Because people are like, oh, I'm going to go look for wholesalers. Nope. The list is already there. I love it. Their email, phone number, already there. Reach out to them. I tell you how to follow up with wholesalers, how to set up your intake. For example, you can't just give out your regular email when you're dealing with wholesalers. Mm A lot of people don't know this. Uh, it's something I put in ebook, but you know I'll give it out. You need to set up a specific email for wholesalers, and the reason why it's in the ebook. But you need to, and you'll mm-hmm. figure out. And it, it could be a very costly saving if you don't know how to do this and structure this. And I put also a video guide with it. I've linked a few of my YouTube videos that I put that are not published and not unli- not listed on YouTube. That when you click it, you get the information with it. So it's an all-around book that helps the individual how to flip a house properly and how not to lose money and how to set up their structure when they start off. So that's why I need to go ahead and purchase it. Um, Whether they purchase it for now or later, it's going to give them a lot of value because the things that I put in there is always going to be in place. Now, if some wholesalers fall off board, that's cool. But once you're in my circle, Mm -hmm. I always update things. I send you, hey, this is new, something I found. Here's an email blast. You got this. Um, gotcha. And that's generally what the purpose. 
And the goal was, because people always ask me, how do you flip a house? Mm. It's like, hey, if you follow this step, step by step, and once you see that, and it's, it's, it's not even that much, it's 100 bucks. Mm. And with the 100 bucks, if they add in the consultation, you get one on consultation. But it helps them really go through it. And it, it's very, look, people that I gave it to were like, wow. Mm-hmm. I was like, yeah, I, I, gave, I, I gave you the whole secret sauce. There you Honestly, go. I, I love it. I love it. And so just for people to really get an understanding for um, the value uh, that comes from doing things like this. So uh, what is uh, an average uh, amount that someone uh, could be able to get? Like say if they're in the Florida market, uh, what is your average flip uh, profit? Uh, would you say that, that someone could expect? Thirty-five to fifty thousand. All right, so thirty-five to fifty thousand, and that's off of just investing a uh, hundred bucks. So you get something for a hundred bucks, and the knowledge that you gain from that is gonna get you thirty-five to fifty thousand if you're applying the information that's in there correctly. Yeah. You know, and so that that's something that um, I know I had a challenge before with investing in certain, uh, you know, uh, education and investing in, in, in certain you know courses. Because it was the fear of, okay, well, if I spend this money, uh, I looked at it as spending, right? Just like how uh, I looked at spending money on a watch or some shoes. I looked at the course as just a spend, but not realizing that it was an investment that will give me return afterwards. And I forgot who said this, but he was saying how we're basically so uh, geared towards, I think it was Dame Dash. He was saying how we're so accustomed to getting that instant reward. So if we ever uh, put money out, we immediately get something. So the example of shoes, if I spend a couple hundred bucks on these shoes, I know the return I get on these shoes, which is now I'm immediately fresher. Now with these shoes, now I have that. Now with this course, I bought the course. Now I have to actually go through the course or I have to actually read the book and I have to actually apply the information. And it may not be that exact day that you get the thirty-five to fifty thousand, but by applying it and going through the process, that's when you get it uh, on the back end. Uh, and so, I would definitely recommend uh, you know anybody that's out there that that is interested in learning how to flip. Uh, do you have like an exact website for it, or or is it all going to be on that same link? It's all on that same link uh, for it. I'll, I'll send it to you as well. Mm-hmm. And here's one thing I want people to understand too: um, a lot of us spend money on college and when we go to when we go to school we get into debt and we just we get into whatever debt we get just to work and make forty thousand dollars right and some of us we go buy like dang dash you go buy a pair of shoes and the pair of shoes either for one thing because gucci is a perception you want us people to see hey i bought gucci shoes i like it um or you go spend the money on let's say you buy a pair of kohans i love kohans mm-hmm. when you spend that money the value you're getting that pair of shoes of Kohan is comfortability. You put it on, you're walking, and it's comfortable. If you're walking for a very long time, you're comfortable. So whatever value you get from something is what you make out of it. Now, if I buy the shoe, I never wear the shoe. I never get the value out of it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. If I wear it once, I only got value out of it once. But if you buy the ebook and you read it and go over it and you get connected, you get value out of it an infinite, an infinite amount of times. Mm-hmm. So you connected. You follow me on social media. I always drop gems. You reach out to me. Um, you're now you're in my community, and if you definitely want to say, "Hey, I want to take it to another level," you pay for the mentorship, and then from there we just take it to the next level. Which I'm dropping a YouTube video on someone that just got out of my mentorship who just pulled in their duplex. 
And I'm helping them get on the way to be um, debt-free and mortgage-free. When I say mortgage-free, is someone else is paying for their mortgage. Mm. So you get the value of something once you utilize it. So if you utilize it multiple times, you get the information out of it. Now, if the information is, is bad, what did you get out of that? I saw that. I learned this person and what they're doing. But I also learned that in everything somebody puts out, they may have one or two nuggets. And if I could just pull from it and not just say, oh, this was bad with a flop. But if you really just sit back, you're like, okay, well, I can use this. If you really analyze a lot of things, people, not everybody, not everyone's going to put out trash. They're going to give you some nuggets. Mm. If you can just extract that, it was value. I've been to some conferences. I'm like, I know all this. But then I was like, hey, Gene, shut up. Mm. Open up your lens. Let's look at this from a wider lens. Okay, well, I'm, I made connections with people. I changed some numbers. Um, I have a new community of people I can connect with. I'm in their private network now because some of these people are private. Okay, so as these people are posting, I'm getting value from that. I may have gotten value from the, the conference I went to mm-hmm. there at that moment, but the after effect of the people that I connected with, had lunch with, oh, substantial amount of value. I would pay for that again. Mm-hmm. But when you start looking at it from a different lens, it makes sense. So I never lose. I never lose when I bet on myself. Right, right. Never. I love it. I love it. I love it. And so th- this uh, reminds me of an interview that I saw with uh, Nehemiah Davis. Uh, he was on the uh, Social Proof uh, podcast, and he was speaking about uh, the ebook that he put out that speaks about how to gain influence on social media and how to monetize your social media. And once he put it out, he was basically confirming the stati- the statistics that he saw of people that read ebooks or uh, do courses and he said only and this was crazy to me because I didn't think this was true he said on average only seven percent of people actually complete the courses and ebooks that they purchase wow so and there's some people and I remember uh, there's a guy uh, Tony the closer he has uh, this is back when he was like uh, charging like thousands of dollars for, for his course uh, or high hundreds. And he was saying how it's a wild how he sold X amount of courses, but on, like less than half of the people actually showed up uh, to the courses. And so from there, what I would say to the people that um, are going to invest and uh, get in this ebook, like I said, it's only a hundred bucks. It's important that you don't just look at it as a you know what it's just a hundred bucks i don't you know i i supported his business whatever it's like this isn't about gene this is about you getting the information actually going through and applying the information and not just getting the ebook just to say oh i invest in my education it's not just a matter of investing with your finances but it's actually investing with your time and applying the information so i just want to put that out there and don't Oh. And like that seven percent number was like, did you know that it was seven percent? Uh, that that nah, I didn't. that's wild to me. That that's that's super but, wild. Yeah, but here's the thing, though. Um, I tell people all the time. I like to get in things when they're like low or mid level, because you can devote so much time. Right now, I'm in a space where I'm I'm not major by any case in, to my standards, but I'm low to mid level of growing my business. So I have success stories already. So I have a proven model. So for me, if people have, have been in my in my like course or anything has been dealing with me, I have at least a fifty percent, sixty percent of people who actually done it. Mm. They've actually 
bought a property. They've actually flipped the property. They've actually invested in real estate. So because I'm so small right now, like not super small, but I have like a good, probably I have about 50, 200 people in my network. So now they're actually getting things done because I can devote that much time to them. Mm-hmm. As I get bigger, I have to get people along to kind of filter that through. So it's easier to get in now mm-hmm. than it is to get in later. You're going to have, it's like, it's like everybody's like, you can't get to Tony Robbins. You have to go through so many other people before you even get to him. Right, right, right. <laughs> exactly. So, yeah. I feel you. So now, um, for people to follow you, what are your uh, your social media like uh, handles? So uh, if people uh, everything is at uh, real estate full circle at real estate full circle. Gotcha. If you put that on anything, you'll find it. You'll find it on YouTube. You'll find it on Instagram. You'll find it on uh, TikTok. Uh, you'll find it on everything. Gotcha. Uh, you'll find it. Awesome. So, uh, and I remember when you told me the reason why you chose that the name real estate full circle. So. Explain uh, full circle and what does that that mean to you, so people can really understand what you're saying when you're saying full circle. So, this this changes as I learn in real estate and as I grow. Uh, the meaning for me in real estate full circle is I got into business and I didn't see the whole picture of real estate, and full circle is ever evolving. So. I wanted to, I got botched by a realtor that, I said botched, I didn't curse, some people don't, that misled me one direction because I was naive. Um, I got got by contractors uh, and I was like, man, there's something going on in these components. I got got by a wholesaler. I got got by not having the real knowledge of um, how title policies work. So I was like, what can I really do to make my business better and improve so i started with one name i was like no i need to make this thing full circle i need to know wholesaling i need to know how to renovate i renovated houses myself i went to go learn how to do title i took a title class i passed it had the certificate i don't own a title company but i went to go learn that invested two thousand dollars in that and i wanted to make my life which every day i strive to be better there's no such thing as a perfect circle so everything that I've implemented in my life and in my business, I just want to make it full circle. So as I'm learning, I'm making things full circle. As I'm growing, I'm making it full circle. And in my logo, if they see it, there's a gap. There's arrows going around it. And in that gap, it's connecting. Because what happens is, because there's no full, there's no really perfect circle, you're going to stumble at points as you grow. And as you stumble, the next piece... Somebody picks up that pencil and draws it back up again and get there. So it just made sense because I just like things to be holistically full circle for me. Now, right now, I'm working out. I'm trying to make my fitness, my my mind. I'm 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 doing construction in so many aspects of my life. Construction in my spiritual life, construction in my health, construction in my finances, construction in real estate. That's making things full circle. So that's what I really want to embody and I want to get to. And I want to help people get to that because if you don't work on trying to be great, you'll settle for mediocre. Mm-hmm. So the only way to do that is continually working. A clock goes in a circle. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. And construction, to make things easier, they put a roundabout. For it to, to for the road, so it can open up to different aspects. So that roundabout has many exits. So in your circle, you might have to exit out. 
and go and jump in somebody else's circle. Mm-hmm. Or you might just figure out your circle and grow it. That's gotcha. all a part of it. Um, and that's why I try to strive and do it. It has evolved, man. Before, I was like, I just didn't want to deal with the headache because I made everything full circle. Mm-hmm. But as I'm growing this business, it's ever evolving. And I just want to be the best person I could be. And with that, how do I get better? How do I get better? Like, my thing, my new thing right now is your gratitude determines your attitude. I love it. So I wake up every day, I'm like, yo, the level of gratitude determines your attitude. So I woke up, I was like, God gave me health. I went to the gym. I wasn't limping. I, I wasn't holding anything. I was I was mobile. Mm-hmm. I was agile, moving. I got up. My bills were paid. Gratitude. Took my kids to school. Gratitude. Attitude is different. I'm doing this podcast with you. Gratitude. You didn't have to choose me, but you chose me. Thankful for it. Gratitude. Attitude is completely different. Because there's always the easiest way to get out of something is to look at the bad. It's harder for you to look at the good. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So... I just been through so much stuff. Lost my mother due to cancer. I just been through so much stuff that I had to really make things holistically and make it circle, make it easier for me. Because if not, I'll lose my mind. So I had to really shift, right? Um, big time. Gotcha. I feel you, man. So yeah. So thank you for for sharing that. And so at this point of the podcast, we talk about uh, the three uh, books that you would recommend. So going into whether it's entrepreneurship, mindset, real estate, whatever it is, what are three books you would recommend uh, for everyone uh, to read? So I'm not going to say Rich Dad Poor Dad. Everyone says that. <laughs> and ironically enough, uh, that book is about banking, um, to be honest with you, okay. and how the bank system works uh, and how the wealth works. I read that book halfway through, got the substance, stopped it. But I would recommend I would recommend the Banker's Code. The Banker's Code, okay. I have the not Banker's heard of that. Code, yeah. So the Banker's Code, uh, I'll give you guys. I won't give you a full summary. Banker's Code teaches you how banking system works, how money works, and it teaches you how time works. Uh, and then you understand that. I will read that. And the next book, actually, I have a few books here. Um, I have I have a whole bunch of books in the back of here. My next book, honestly, is this one. Everyone knows this. Oh, the, oh, the Seven, Seven Habits. Habits. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. So I read this. I, this is the copy of I read this. Mm-hmm. So those and my next book is by John Maxwell, How to Lead People. Mm, gotcha, gotcha. Okay, um, awesome. Those are my three books. Uh, those are what I've learned. I actually need to go back and read the John Maxwell books so I can get my leadership stuff better. And I'm about to read Patrick Beck Davis' book um, now. The but next those are the moves. things I are, Yep. Gotcha. I heard some good things about that book, man. It's it's uh so it's definitely on the on the list of stuff to read, but he, yeah. he's a great guy. Yeah, definitely. So that's yeah. the next one. That's typically it, man. Gotcha. So uh now we're gonna go into the lightning round. So I'm gonna ask right. uh, a few questions. Uh, answer them to the best of your ability, and um, you know, we'll see how it goes. So, number right. one, um, would you rather uh, have a thirst that's non-quenchable, so you're just forever thirsty, or have an itch that won't go away, no matter how much you itch it? Thirst. I, I, I felt the same way, because I whenever I shave my head, it gets super itchy, and I'm trying not to scratch it right now 
because I get bumps yeah. and all that. But I'm like, man, I I hate having to itch my head. So I'm a thousand percent. I'll stay thirsty if I never have the itch yet. So number two, uh, would you rather be the fastest swimmer on earth, or well, actually wait, number one, you said that real fast. Uh, why did you choose thirst? Because it goes back even a bit, it goes back to even biblical terms. Okay. If I always, if I'm always thirsty for something. I'm always striving for something. Ah, dang. Okay, that got deep. That was deep. <laughs> yeah. I was talking for the literal sense. I'm like, you know, I, I could take a little, a little thirst. Uh, but okay. Yeah, but if I'm if I'm thirsty physically, I need to continue to refer. So I'm drinking this water now, right? Mm -hmm. I've been drinking through this whole podcast. Throughout time, I'm getting thirsty. So that's a good question brought up. So mm -hmm. I have to get some type of water substance mm -hmm. to quench the thirst because it's going to happen again. I'm going to get thirsty again. Mm -hmm. So gotcha. I would be thirsty and itchy because I'm always going to try to figure out how not to be thirsty. Itch, I can always scratch that and I'm done. Mm -hmm. But a thirst, I have to work on something to get the water. I gotta dig a well. I gotta go work and barter for it. I think it's deeper than what you think. Mm -hmm. I have to um, either make money and do something to pay for this. So, or I have to study and you know and understand knowledge so I can quench that thirst. It's 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 deep. It's right. deeper. You're for talking me, right now. Yeah, <laughs> you preaching. I, I thought it was just gonna be a regular podcast. Uh, but yeah, so, all right, the second one. Would you rather be the fastest swimmer on earth or be the fastest walker? Fastest walker. You choose fastest walker. Okay. That okay, why is that? When you walk your when you walk or swim, you're at a pace. But when you are walking, you can only go at the walk pace. When you're swimming, you have to go at a faster pace. You can pace yourself. Okay. Okay. You can pace yourself in swimming, mm -hmm. but it's only for so for such amount of time. As you're going down to go faster to hold your breath, mm -hmm. it's only a certain amount of minutes you can hold your breath for. Gotcha. And then you got to okay. put your head back up. Mm -hmm. As I'm walking, I'm breathing normal. I'm not. My cardiovascular is not going super crazy. Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm at a pace that it can speak to a lot of value. I'm that I'm comfortable with that. I'm walking. I'm processing. And then I'm going. I mean, everyone wants to be the rabbit. Let me be the turtle to figure it out. Gotcha. And I'll just hire the rabbit. And the rabbit can run circles and pay the rabbit. Gotcha. There you go. Okay. All right. So that's that. And the last question. Um, now, imagine. So what is your favorite movie? Bro, you know what's funny, bro? Mm. My favorite movie is Bad Boys. But really? Which one? Any, any, yeah. Anyone? The, the first, second one? All, all, all of them. Gotcha. Bad Boys and, and Friday After Next. Yep. My favorite okay. movie is Bad Boys, though. Okay, so let's just I say... I love Bad Boys. Uh, so let's just say Bad Boys. Uh, you are watching uh, the most recent one. Uh, would you rather watch Bad Boys uh, with the sound off? Or would you rather watch Bad Boys with no visual and only sound? Ooh, I'm a visual person. Um, even though I can visualize it with the sound. I, I, I would say I would rather... Watch it with the sound off. With the sound off. Okay. And why is that? I can always figure out, because I watch it so much, I can always figure out the noises behind it. Mm, gotcha. And that's not really, I should have answered the opposite way, because you can, you can be more, you can, when, when you stimulate your ears, it can also stimulate your visuals. It's like when you're going to sleep and you play these soothing music, it just visualizes like deep sleep. Probably a lot of people play it on YouTube. 
So maybe I should have said sound, but I, I visualize it because I like the action. Yeah, because I, I was just thinking about because as I was uh, writing this question, I was thinking about uh, especially if it's a, a new movie. I feel like if I would have just closed my eyes and just hear what's going on, then I could then visualize it in a different way. Uh, so, like you said, um, you would just be able to see it differently. But this is completely off topic. Did you watch the movie? Uh, how old is your youngest kids? Uh, my youngest is seven. Seven. Okay. So, did you watch? Uh, I think it's Encanto. Or Encanto. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Man, bro, I know it. all these damn songs. Well, <laughs> no, because the, the reason why I asked that is because I was on a plane uh, coming back here from. Uh, yeah, I think it was Orlando. We, we went to Orlando for like a weekend, uh, and I saw that on the plane, but I only watched like maybe like 30 some minutes of it because it was like super late. Uh, but I remember watching that movie uh, for that 30 minutes and I'm like, Disney somehow found a way to do this again. And there has to be some type of formula that they mm-hmm. have to, to bring the magic of Disney uh, into a movie to have music, to have dancing, uh, to have a storyline and I'm starting to realize like there's there's a, a a formula that they figured out that is is consistent. So I guess I'll tie this into business. Um, do you feel like there's a formula uh, similar to how you know Disney and Pixar they they figured out how to win at every movie that they're doing? Do you feel like there's a particular formula that that you can apply to business, whether it's the tax business that you have, the hard money, the flipping? The whatever, like, is there a formula that you implement in everything? Exposure. Okay. Exposure. Bro, exposure and systems. Uh, that's what I can really attribute to all the stuff I do. I, every business I've gotten into, I got exposed to it. Mm. Okay. All of it. I got exposed, loan, gave the guy 20000 my dad did it. It wasn't. It wasn't my first in- inclination to go do real estate, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and I got right back into it because I got exposed to that uh, tax business. I got exposed to it, saw it. And I was like, all right, got into it. Um, development. I was around the right people. Got exposed. Got into it. Uh, with getting into it, as they learn or they create their systems, I'm following it. Adding, I'm following their systems and adding to it. Exposure is big. Uh, I got into hard money. By exposure, I was on a flip connected to the hard money limit I was doing with. He was like, You want to do hard money at some point? Took a year, figured it out. He told me how to do the systems and got into it. So, everything I've done has always been a, some level of exposure. So, gotcha. I would always pay for exposure. Gotcha, gotcha. I love it. And so, with the exposure, are you uh, just utilizing the systems that you already saw, or are you using? Something similar, like, for example, when you said you uh, worked at 7-Eleven, how there were systems that were in that. Are you taking that concept of organization, plan, boom, 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 and applying it to each of these things you're exposed to? Every time. Gotcha. Every time. Gotcha. Every time. Cool. All right. And so someone that wants to get into uh, real estate or just overall being an entrepreneur like yourself, what would you say is their first step? Uh, into getting into either entrepreneurship or into real estate, whichever one you want to go. Damn, that's a tough question because I've been entrepreneur all my life. I don't really know how to even answer that one. Um, 
real estate, you want to get into real estate, the first step is to connect with people in real estate. I know this sounds so simple, but it is that simple. And once you get connected, there is bound to be opportunities that come up. Now, the, the amount of connections you make will dictate how fast you get into it. Gotcha. If you make one connection, you only have one person's spear in their contact. Mm. If you make 20 connections, you have 20. That's a, that's a multiplier. Mm-hmm. You have 20 people you make connections with that you can eventually get to a deal. Gotcha. Gotcha. I love it. So that's what I would say, to be honest with you. Gotcha. Okay. And so some words of wisdom. So um, there's uh, a lot of different types of people that uh, listen to this uh mainly people that's interested in real estate. Uh, but I do have some people that uh, they you know, just wanted to watch out of you know, support of the different videos that I put up. But as they start watching, they start being inspired to do different things. So just words of wisdom, whether it's real estate or life, what would you want to tell uh, the people that's watching? Life is going to slap the hell out of you. Um life is going to slap the hell out of you and the word i would tell you to use that i've been using for myself is gratitude determines your attitude your attitude makes up makes your whole day either good or bad if you look for gratitude you'll find it if you don't look for it you won't find it i think that that's a that's a proverb in the bible mm-hmm. just for looking for something if you go look for wisdom you'll find her that's in proverbs so some of you may not be spiritual but that's just my belief um, so if you look for the gratitude, you'll have a different attitude. Um, and that's just what it is. Um, anything you want to do now, cause I used to be negative, man. Um, and I wasn't grateful for people and I've lost a lot of great relationships, people that were working with me, um, because I wasn't grateful just to have them. I lost them. So gratitude. Gotcha. Gotcha. Gratitude. I love it, man. But hey, Gene, thank you so much uh, for doing this podcast, man. I greatly appreciate it. Uh, and again, um, I'm going to make sure that all the websites and everything, all the contacts, everything that you have, I'll make sure that thank that's you, at the bottom of the screen at the, the caption here. But thank you so much for coming up, man. Thank you, brother. I appreciate it, man. My pleasure, brother. All right. Thank you for listening to the Your First Steps podcast. Let us know what you thought about this episode by leaving a review. And don't forget to subscribe.